In the name of God, the three in one, who creates, redeems, and sustains us. It was just a rock. Who knew it would become an altar? Who knew it would mark the place where the distance between heaven and earth would be closed? Some of you have been to Shrinemont at one time or another, the retreat center and cathedral shrine in the Diocese of Virginia, or you've been to someplace like it. In its rustic outdoor chapel, tacked up on one of the signs on a tree, is the text that we heard today, or part of it. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. That always makes me chuckle when I see that there. And don't get me wrong, I love Shrinemont. I'm not mocking. My younger daughter attended a summer camp there for many years through her friendship with a Virginia girl, the daughter of a general seminary student of mine at the time, whose family has deep connections to Shrinemont and to Orkney Springs. And I'm very grateful for them taking my daughter under their wing, and I'm grateful for the many happy summers that she had at Trinemont. Still, I chuckle a little bit when I see that sign there, as if it is needed. This is the gate of heaven. It is not hard at a retreat at a beautiful place like that, to imagine that this is the gate of heaven. As you walk the labyrinth or sing in the chapel in the beautiful woods in the shadow of the great north mountain, are you very likely to say, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it? <laughs> but here, out here in the world, even in a seminary, even in our homes, even at our work, it is not so easy always to know that the Lord is in this place. Here we are in the daily world, not on retreat, exiles in our own way, no less than Jacob on the run, carrying with him the burden of his deceit and regret as he fled his brother after stealing his birthright. Why would God close the distance, the distance between heaven and earth, for him? And why there, in the middle of nowhere, between two places, would the gap be closed? Those are questions for us as well. Because like Jacob, we are also moving always between two places. Between our call to ministry and the place we will minister. Between that place we first had the intuition of the divine spirit and wherever it is we are going, whatever it is we are seeking, that place that God is fully known or where we are ready to be fully known by God. We live between a desert in which we fear there will not be enough and a distant land where we will all have enough and know we do and be ever grateful. 
We live between the place where Satan does his work and the place where the archangel Michael finally puts Satan down. Between a wasteland where differences divide and a shining city where every tribe and language and people and nation will feast at the banquet God will provide. Between the place of our sin and our tragic finitude and our limited sight and a place where we can finally see ourselves as God sees us consent to our true selves made in the image of God and beautiful. Like Jacob, we too are on the way between one place and another. With our own share, like Jacob, of burdens and regrets for things done and left undone and wounds from things that have befallen us. And Jacob, in that place in between, in just that spot that we know to be our path to, Jacob pulled up a stone for a pillow, just an ordinary rock, and on it he laid down his weary head and he slept. And in just that spot, God closed the distance in a dream angels ascending and descending. God closed the distance between heaven and earth and made a promise, I will accompany you, I will keep you, and I will bring you home. The dream passed, but the promise remained. And when Jacob woke, the ordinary stone in the dirt was suddenly not just a rock, but a stone fit for an altar. And a journey between places had become a pilgrimage. You never know in this world when you'll stumble upon a stone fit for an altar and find yourself a pilgrim because God is always closing the gap. I will accompany you. I will keep you. And I will bring you home. That's a promise to build an altar to. That's a promise that can sustain you, even in the everyday, ordinary, in-between pilgrimage that we're on. That's the promise realized in the flesh of Jesus Christ, in whom we see in crystalline clarity and with final authority what God has always been up to in every place and every time, closing the distance in his body, by his body, He is the ladder, the ramp, the stair, the bridge, angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man, closing the gap, eternal word, eternal promise, the only promise there has ever been, God with us. We built this altar here because God's closing the distance in Jesus even here. 
here in the food we will eat and drink, here by the Spirit who will descend upon us in the eating. We don't see him with the eye, of course, but he is present, present under absence, present in a promise, present in bread and wine that aren't enough for a whole meal, let alone the whole journey, but they are enough to take us the next several steps. Present in the faces of those with whom we dine. Present in the poor in whom we find him as we carry to them bread and shelter and the promise to all. Right here, angels ascending and descending. The distance known, but the bridge built. Jesus, the Anointed One, present again. The promise given again. This is my body. This is my blood. I will accompany you. I will keep you. And I will lead you home.